What's up, Myco family? Microtrophic here. Welcome back to my podcast, where together we are going to grow in mind, body, spirit, and mushroom. Today we have another special guest joining us on the show. This is Jonathan Garner from The Meddling Mushroom. Jonathan is a mycologist, entrepreneur, and really good friend of mine. And actually got to meet again for the, I think it was the second time, not too long ago at the Oklahoma Mushroom Festival, where he gave a amazing class on clean rooms and really got to showcase his expertise. And I hope that some of that will come through. I'm sure it will. I uh, hope you guys get a lot of golden nuggets today's show. And welcome to the show, Jonathan. How are you, bro? Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing, man. I get to hang out with one of my best friends in the mycology space, dude. Super excited. How you been since the um since the conference? It's uh it's been busy. Uh it's uh yeah. like I hit the ground, you know, you know, running and it's just uh it's it's been good to connect with a lot of people in the community and reach out and have people reach out to me and ask me questions. It's it's been good. It was a, a very successful event. It was nice to see you there. Likewise. Yeah, man, you killed it on stage. You had a really like thorough and detailed presentation and everyone was kind of glued in the entire time. Cause I got to observe, you know, obviously when you're up there speaking, you don't get to see all the minor details, but everybody was taking notes and it was really cool. And you've done some really cool stuff. I know you've done, been doing consulting and things like that, helping with build outs, but wow, was it beautiful to see examples such as all these, you know, laminar flow hoods, um, in the ceiling of labs and like, I was just like, Oh my gosh, like full on dude, uh, full on clean spaces. And would you say that's your expertise in the, in the space now, or, or, or what would you say your expertise is right now? You know, I would say that was my expertise, uh, you know, allowing myself to, uh, look at a situation and someone's operation and fine tune their process and see where the problem lies. If they do have problems of contamination or if they're, environmental issues are becoming a problem in their cultivation process. Uh, I can find ways to improving that and really fine tuning not only their uh, cultivation methods, you know, their fruiting rooms, their colonizing room, but also dialing in their lab process by teaching lab protocol and lab etiquette to their staff. Lab etiquette. That is so true. I've never like really heard it that way, but it's very true. Like you're at a, it's like you're at a fine dining experience. You can't have your elbows on the table, you know, slurp it. <laughs> you got to use the right tools at the right time. That's really cool, man. So you've been working. Um, how long have you really been focusing on your, on your business and your, your, um, your services honing in and helping people to succeed? Has that been something you've been doing the entire time or as of recent or a couple of years? Well, uh, my business fungi alternatives opened up in 2019, and I basically just have been really expanding my knowledge and also uh, getting into designing labs and and grow operations from there. You know, whether if it's AutoCAD or just doing it on blueprint designs and sketching it out for operations. But I've uh, been growing since about 2003, 2004, you know, in college, uh, just really kind of experimenting it, you know, with it there, but really didn't ex start expanding on my, my own knowledge and my own operations until like about 2011, 2012. Hmm. Gotcha. So you've been doing it quite some time. You're a seasoned veteran and you're also an actual veteran as well. How did you, if you could, just because I haven't had a veteran on quite yet, I'd I totally like, I don't know how I disconnected from this, but 
I want to kind of at some point get into being a veteran, utilizing some of these mushrooms as medicine and and mindset. But um, first, I wanted to kind of ask you really quickly. So what has been the extent of your work? Like, can you give these guys an idea of like the scale or size just so they, if you have listeners who are particularly interested, they could reach out to you. Like um, how many square footage, you know, things of that nature. Can you kind of explain that for them? Yeah. So with, um, with keeping an operation in mind, usually it's just dialing in your process at a small uh, level and, and making sure that you're really following the proper steps. You know, you being in a 100% clean room is not necessary and having all the, you know, professional lab equipment is not necessary. I've worked with people working in a basement or an attic to having someone with uh, 3,000 square foot of lab space and another 60,000 square feet of grow space. So it's, it's whatever, uh, you know, your operation is uh, entitling and how much you're willing to scale up. And it also just depends on the knowledge of that person at that moment uh, from working with myself, just working in a college dorm, growing in a closet and under my bed to working in a grow tent, you know, like a gorilla cannabis grow tent to expanding out to a full grow space, uh, about 10,000 square feet. Um, it just it came into mind that there are certain things that some people will cut corners or forget as they're expanding. And, and it's, it's very notable that some people have jumped in and really expanded quickly and, and done very uh, successful for themselves. But there's also things to take into account that as soon as you start increasing your numbers of production, you start increasing your numbers of chances of contamination and some things are missed during large amounts of uh, production. So whether if it's a small growth space that someone is just can't figure out what their uh, optimal conditions need to be or what they're missing, whether if it's ingredients or their sterilization techniques to a small growth space to a large operation. I uh, work with a, a number of clients through that entire, the entire United States to in Canada as well. So you probably run into, I'm assuming... I'm I'm guessing that you at one point when when you're scaling essentially you scale you have to kind of get into bigger equipment unless you want to like for instance be babysitting um 20 plus like you know all Americans or or prestos um have you learned a fair amount of some of this big equipment as well I have um I've worked with you know whether if it's uh 10 SH scientific 150 liter autoclaves to big shipping containers being pumped full of steam, you know, and whether if you are trying to pressurize and steam uh, autoclave something, or if you're trying to tindalize something with a gradual climb and a gradual fall of temperature, uh, tindalization has been used uh, throughout the, the food industry for a long time to uh, not necessarily pasteurize uh, something, but tindalizing something is getting rid of uh, unwanted micro microbes or bacteria. Um, with these big uh, operations, I'm seeing most common is a, a big shipping container or conics box with tons of steam uh, pumped into it with a steam generator and having certain valves and controlling the temperature. And uh, what's really important with uh, increasing the amount of size of sterilization or tindalization or pasteurization 
you want probes throughout your entire box or autoclave or steam system, uh, top, middle, and bottom, so you're getting proper readouts on uh, your data. Yeah, not just one on the front and hoping that the rest of it is similar, right? Correct. Wow, so you've done some big projects. What are some of your most, what, what would you say some of your passion projects are within your work? What do you most like to take care of or help people in, improve on in particular? Is there any like one section or is it the entire process itself? Well, all, you know, it is the entire process itself, but what I really do enjoy is sitting down with, if, whether if it's a group of employees or if it's a lab staff or, you know, it's a, a number of students in a class, you know, I've taught classes through several universities throughout the California area. It's just basically teaching and educating people, seeing a spark go off in someone's mind going, wow. And then after my class or my instructional course or my hands-on lab um, classes, when someone new in the, the community or new in the advancements of science comes up to me and comes up with me uh, to like an idea and brings it up to me and says, what do you think? It, it's so um, it's invigorating and it's very inspiring to hear someone brand new come up with an idea that just blows my mind. And I'm my glass is never full and I'm never one to just throw that out and be like, nah, you know, that'll never work. You know, and I know what I'm talking about or my, you know, my highway, you know, my, it's the only way, you know, I'm just, I'm mm. really not that way. And I've learned with seeing just firsthand in uh, this this science of mycology that there's always some way of application or procedure that could work better than your your old fashioned way. And it's it's I love to teach people and I love to learn from my students as well. Yeah, sometimes that newbie perspective, you see things from an unlike stained or un like a fresh piece piece of paper, you know, kind of kind of viewpoint. Yeah, that's that's valuable. I do. I also too, it resonates with me. I love to be able to teach and to show people what I love and to see their inspiration, especially cool when they take something that you've taught them and then they turn it into something, you know, epic, beautiful, big, and then they get to be teaching, you know, so then you kind of become like the OG. That's kind of cool, man. You're definitely an OG in this space. I've been following you probably since, yeah, I mean, probably like pre COVID times, I would assume kind of when that like core group of guys kind of got into Instagram and we took over and you've been you know, jamming ever since. Yeah. So one of the first things we connected on was uh, both being veterans. Can you talk a little bit about your time? You were in the Navy, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Correct. Could you tell yes. me about, uh, can you tell these guys about your MOS and kind of what your job was? Yeah, when I first enlisted, I uh, honestly didn't know what I was going to do. I really originally enlisted just to pay for this amount of, amount of student loans that I incurred wasn't really my objective to uh, enlist into the military. Um, as my dad being a rough and tough cowboy and always taught me how to shoot a gun, my, um, my uh, weapon status was uh, always uh, above standard and I did very well in my stats and my quals. Uh, so I not only gained rank, but I was enlisted into SWCC, um, that's Special Weapons Combatant Crew Members. Uh, went in through buds and then did an aerial training. Um, oh. unfortunately my, my term in SWIG didn't last very long. I incurred, uh, some injury during some exercises and, uh, broke my clavicle and ripped out my shoulder and my jaw. And so from there I was either given the chance to be medically discharged at that moment or cross rate to an easier job. 
which I did. I finished out my contract and then eventually I was, I was done with my, uh, my contract. So, uh, from there, when I went to taps and they did a whole medical eval, they found out that I was going to get uh, medically discharged from there and, uh, was, was beneficial to me and was able, I was able to have a lot of benefits from that. Um, you know, working with a lot of other disabled veterans, get a nice chunk of dis disability from the federal government. Uh, you know, the VA home loan is a great another benefits for serving my country. Sure. Um, you know, even though I do uh, have pain uh, every day, uh, it's just all about mindset and controlling that. But uh, with that being said, you know, when I was first discharged, the as you would know, they just prescribe you every pill known to man, you know, here, try yeah. this, try that. And yeah. um, my wife was just like, you know, kind of shocked that I was on 13 different pills at that time. And that led to an understanding that I have this uh, education in growing a psychoactive fungi that um, was merely for the purpose in college of just having fun and maybe gaining some profit, but really didn't know the substantial benefits its medicinal properties could be for my mental capabilities and uh, healing myself. And that's really where things kind of shifted. So I'm interested in that shift in itself. So what were some of your, and you're so right. Let me digress real quick. The first thing they wanted to do was prescribe me. Yeah. Several, of course they want to give you Motrin because it's, you know, it's like a multivitamin in the military, but um, I mean, they were trying to give me and were giving me at one point in time, the, what is it? Like infamous sleep pill. Everybody talks about or knows about it's um uh Fenrir or trazodone or something like that one of those right and yeah. uh and then there was the percocets for pain because i you know i had my surgeries uh before i'd gotten out too and are you 100 percent pnt also no i'm not oh man we, i got i got a link for you by the way i got a lady she'll help you out um <laughs> but man so yeah so they wanted to put you on all these pills that's like the standard it's so like we could talk about that for an hour in itself, but it's just so fucked up that that is the standard operating procedure for filtering out and then trying to, I eventually, essentially, I think it's just numbing everybody coming out instead of, um, you know, letting them speak on the truths of what they saw and also, you know, how they felt about it. But what was the, what was the shift and how did you go from taking, you know, 13 plus pills to where you're at now? Because you're such a clear headed guy. You know exactly what you want with your life. You speak very well about what you love and you're impacting a lot of people. How did you go from, you know, being in the military, shifting out and then to where you're at now? What was like that first major shift? I think really what, um, what was like very impactful and, you know, at the time I was doing all of this mycology work under my real career as being a chef for so many years. Um, opening my own restaurant, running a restaurant, and then working at other s several uh, five-star resorts and hotels, and then finally running this restaurant and actually um, exasperating an injury in my back, which led me to be not able to work anymore and su support my family. Um, with a back injury of a ruptured disc in my spine and leaving me just full of depression and then upping the amount of pain pills I was getting Wow. It really just led to more uh, a downward spiral of depression and uh, just really not being beneficial for my back and 
yeah. like my, my back posture, what I was doing throughout my day, uh, wasn't stretching or strengthening my body. Being an op opiates, uh, those, those things are evil. And as you would know, they just really don't get to the root of the problem. It's just a band-aid. And yeah. um, it really ended up being kind of an argument and a fight between me and my wife because of my um, non-level, you know, emotional, you know, you know, well-being in my, my attitude. And I just took open the daily you know, planner of the Monday through Saturday and Sunday, like, you know, the four compartment pill planner and pretty much opened it all and flushed it down the toilet. And that was that big shift in my mindset going, you know, I have this ability. I have been growing these. Why don't I use this to what it's really, you know, meant for and what the magic can be. And yeah, I was dabbling in microdosing at the time, but being on so many different types of meds and pharmaceutical drugs, you really can't gauge a difference in your your psyche or your, your mm. mindset when you're on so many other different types of drugs. Good and point. then during this, you know, time of purging and, and really uh, getting off all those pills, you know, I, I would say about two or three weeks after I was you know, sober from taking these pills, I really started noticing a difference. Uh, what saved me as well as physical therapy. Physical therapy really was uh, a lifesaver. And then I went to aquatic therapy because of my broken back and then wow. physical therapy for my shoulder and everything else. But, um, and also going through a lot of mental therapy, going through, uh, through a course called DBT, Dialectical Behavioral Therapy with my therapist at the VA. So using self-care and, and being resilient and uh, dedicated to healing yourself within and not just using these pharmaceutical drugs of just covering up these symptoms and then taking another pill for another pill for another pill. You're just on this vicious cycle of not really getting to the root of the problem. And that's when I found out the benefits of this beautiful magic mushroom. That's amazing, man. Full circle. It's really cool to like be in a similar situation, have a maybe a slightly different story, but essentially the same thing. They pump like I'm not saying also too, I should like let everybody know. That's like not what they do for everybody. If you get out, they're like, hey, start taking these pills. You obviously you have to agree and there's some process, but when you don't know better, you do what's recommended, especially to those who are like authority figures or people of like somewhat some knowledge. I think if I break my arm, I'm gonna go to the hospital. But yes. um, as far as like, you know, <laughs> like everything else I could pretty much take care of myself. I think between like good sleep, taking care of your body in some shape or form, some level of exercise, stretching, um, most things are going to be, you know, taken care of also too. Like I did some CBT, DBT, um, and other forms of therapy. And I think a lot of the work happens outside of even taking the psychedelics, but you have to have some, like, I think that they're a great tool. I've been speaking on this a lot lately. I think they're probably my favorite tool of the myriad of other entheogens and things like that. But a lot of the work has to be done outside of, and you have to make that decision. So it sounds like, dude, you made the line in the sand. You're like, I'm going to fucking go all in. Stop, stop taking this bullshit. You flushed them, which is very similar to me. I remember pouring out the last like four or five, you know, I could have finished them, but like, yeah, flushed it. It was like, I'm done. And yeah. um, so some of your first mushroom experiences when you were kind of like utilizing your own medicine, and we talked about this concept um, at the conference, you know, the, the sport healing aspect. What were some of like your first experiences like? How much were you taking? What was kind of like the set and setting and the intention when you were taking this? And then 
Were they micro or macro doses? What did that look like for you? Well, um, you know, besides of taking, you know, some amounts of younger teenage uh, years and just experimenting, you know, with uh, recreationally, um, I would say when I started getting some new strains and some new phenotypes in my cultivation process, um, I uh, made it a point to try a fresh one every time I grew one. <laughs> my dude, and, um, you're the best. Yeah, just not to get to uh, the taste or the smell and the texture, uh, but to also kind of ga gauge what a fresh one would be like. And of course, I would dry it and then try to even the amount of exchange of dry weight to wet weight and, you know, take that dose as well. But uh, some trips and some experiences were more impactful than others. Um, and also, uh, and I feel that every phenotype, every strain, every species has um, a different effect for everybody's body chemistry. And so you can't ever hand, you know, a mushroom over to someone and be like, this is how it's going to make you feel. That's just mm -hmm. not how any uh, alkylate or compound is on this planet. Everybody ingested, digests it differently, you know, yep. and so forth. And it affects the, the mind differently as well. And, Right. I think some of the largest dosages I ever did, whether if I was snowboarding or surfing or hiking, um, whether it was like two to four grams, I, I think were pretty impactful. I prefer to be in nature. Um, I want to be either in the desert, the ocean, the forest, somewhere away from uh, human society uh, to have anything more than two grams, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, I've I've had plenty of experiences in the house, you know, and other places, you know, house parties or whatever. And, you know, they weren't always enjoyable. Sometimes you could be picking up on somebody else's energy or the energy we could be bouncing back. And, you know, and we all know scientifically that you're using a lot more of your, your sensory receptor cells in your brain and you're able to pick up sounds and smells and sights much more intensely. And, and that could also have a negative effect as well. If you're not in the right place, time and setting, uh, that could not be, you know, so beneficial for you. Sometimes it could cause some, you know, a lot of built up tension and that you're not able to focus on inwards instead of you're just more outwardly uh, kind of being stimulated. It's a good point, man. Yeah. It's yeah. Whether like you're in an apartment or even a house picking up on the neighbor's everything is just magnified. So yeah, I find it very important to go out into nature. That's probably, we were just talking before we got on here. That's it's almost time. It's time for a, a nice long, you know, maybe like old growth forest, you know, super quiet, maybe a couple birds kind of situation and just go out there. Ground. Yeah, that's great. Man, they're just right down the road. So I actually might hit that pretty soon. You never know. <laughs> so Jonathan, I'm interested in kind of hearing about your personal mycology life. Like what is the extent of like research or, uh, or your own personal, like, you know, dive into mycology? Like what, are, what's most uh, interesting to you in your own, in your own world? What are some of the things you're working on and some of the things that like you find most fun or attractive? Oh gosh. You know, um, it's hard to really narrow down, you know, the first First time I really fell in love with it, as uh, some of you know, and, and you know as well, that my background in science is a, in applied science of culinary arts. And from there, I got a nutritional health science degree. And with nutritional health science, we studied horticultural sciences because it's from the 
the, the cultivation and the growth of uh, the crop itself, how it's handled, how the terroir and the soil and the plant itself is handled all the way to shipping and receiving and storing and so forth. And from there, we actually learned a facet of mycology. And that's when I fell in, in love with mycology. We did a quick three-week course on mycology and jumped right into it. Um, bought my first spore syringe back in 2004, did up some BRF cakes and yeah. was blown away by it. And I was, I was hooked. So from there, really just kind of just kept breeding. Um, you know, I keep telling these, uh, these new beginners and these, you know, these new people into the community and like, I've been searching up all these forums and all these other sites and I'm getting mixed reviews and da da da. I'm like, well, you know, just, you, you got to try what works out for you. But, you know, I suggest all these, these books that they could read from Terrence McKenna, you know, all these little easy step-by-step -step guides that have existed for years before the internet. And it, it's worked for me, but you know, not everything is going to work for uh, someone else as it works for me, but it's, it's all about the process. And if you lay it out in front of you, find out what works for you and you advance from there, then that's where you go. Um, my passion really just started exploding when, you know, instead of just doing it as a hobby in the background and when I did re-exasperate my injury in my back and I had pretty much just nothing else to do and I was going stir crazy because I went from working like 100 hours a week to zero laying on my, my back in bed and just trying to figure out what I was going to do with my time. Um, when there was like one person on this new thing, social media of Instagram was was starting to grow mushrooms. And I was like, Hey, you know, I know how to do that. And I think I should show people what, what I do and just kind of jumping into the scene. And gosh, my logo used to be a cat sniffing an Amanita or Muscaria mushroom <laughs> back in the day. And it just really grew from there and asking questions and kind of connecting with people. My buddy, Don, high desert spores, my buddy, Sam, uh, the micro grow, you know, just really working with these guys that just existed from the get go and trading genetics and then talking with my buddy john holiday he's a master mycologist and learning from john uh rockefeller or alan rockefeller sorry um and he his courses and his books are amazing i would i've yet to have any of his classes uh directly i would love to have alan rockefeller's classes he, he just blows my mind he's such a just very nice guy he seems very just willing to teach and educate um you know meeting William Padilla just inspired me as well. And taking one of his cordyceps classes was really cool. That guy is just rad and just super knowledgeable and very humble. Uh, just meeting all sorts of people such as yourself, you know, and like, and, and meeting people's uh, approaches uh, and, and seeing how they went about doing it and kind of adapting to uh, their, their set of procedures to your own. It, it's just, you know, Words can't describe how grateful I am for the community and the support that uh, I've been getting from everyone, you know, whether if they grow or they don't grow. Um, and, and, you know, from everybody on, you know, I know a social network platform is is kind of ridiculous in, you know, in in our day and age. But for someone to really learn and reach out and being able to trade ideas on this platform is something beautiful that you you couldn't do back in the day you know when i first started growing the internet was there but it wasn't utilized for what it is today and then 
Shroomery came out later and I was on there for a while. And then finally these, these social media platforms opened up and it just opened a brand new world and it allowed everyone to share knowledge. And I believe knowledge should be shared, you know, widespread free. And, you know, it's, it's insulting to see some of these cats getting on online that I've never heard of, which is fine. People probably have never heard of me, but to charge a class that is three days long for $1,900, it's just, I get it. Your time is, is very important, you know, and the, the knowledge and the education that you're giving is, is important and it's, and it's priceless. But, you know, I think we should all share that, you know, with each other and, giving this the power of knowledge is helping someone to cultivate uh, correctly and safely and sanitary, uh, I, I think is, would be, is like paying it forward. And if we're not giving that, that gift of knowledge to everyone for free, then there's something wrong. Totally agree, man. I was uh, looking at some of these resorts too. They have them, you know, in Mexico, Jamaica, and some of them are charging like four or five thousand dollars for two and three day events where you take an eighth. Yeah, man, uh, I would much rather, like you said, pay it forward. Uh, never be a gatekeeper. That's probably got to be the worst. Those are some of the most insecure <clears throat> people in our community. You know, it's very, uh, it's very different even still. I don't, I don't know if it's changing much, but coming um, from ca the cannabis industry, very like close knit, very like clicky kind of um, industry. Not a lot of trade secrets, even today, I think are shared. Uh, but in our community, I find that like in such a condensed and saturated industry now that what I feel it is with so many people, the problem is opposite of what we had. There was so little information. So you really had to scour, you really had to want it. And then you had to put it all together, try it, fail it and not give up. Now you can watch Philly Golden Teacher, myself, Willie Maiko, there, and there's like, you know, 10, 20 more just on YouTube. If you're a practical application person, there's more than several books. There's like books like Radical Mycology. There's probably like 10 just basic like psilocybin grow books now, grow Bibles. And good God, you can go to a class in person and learn this stuff now. So it's different to be, you know, so we have to kind of dilute um, what's, you know, what's good, what's bad. And, um, but I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm really like happy to see the information being shared at the scale it is, but man, yeah, for quite some time, it was so hard. So I'm interested in yeah, kind of your, what would you say some of your most common knowledge you find yourself sharing, whether it's with newbies or the average mycologist and or even some of the seasoned cultivators what are what do some of those things look like for you um probably just you know lab procedures and sops you know like uh if someone's working with a laminar flow hood on on utilizing it correctly because you know i've i've met a lot of operations that have had some experience and cultivation and process as well but as soon as they set a laminar flow hood in front of them they pretend like it's complete magic and everything goes away and <laughs> yeah. they, they miss the, they miss the important steps of, you know, sanitary, you know, wiping things down with 70% isopropyl. Um, you can't cloud your whole workspace and not expect that one dirty component of your work process is not going to blow on top of your sterile. And if you're not working properly in that, that line of sterile direction from clean to or from dirty to sterile, 
um, that can present itself uh, problems. Um, different approaching, you know, trying to get the point across to someone that is going from a small scale to a mass scale to, you know, widening it, uh, their approach to bringing fresh oxygen into a space to induce fruiting to a fruiting area. Uh, someone's mindset is not always on the same level as mine. So uh, where are you going to bring in that oxygen source? How are you going to bring in that oxygen source? Uh, how are you going to divine uh, design and divide your HVAC system? There's certain ways of approach to doing things uh, correctly. And there's certain ways of doing things uh, half-assed and cutting corners, which will in, in turn show problems down the end. And that's where I come into line, just kind of showing people exactly, you know, where they can fine tune their process. There's been a lot of operations come to me that have been, you know, growing for about two to three years. And then as they've expanded, they've ran into all sorts of contaminations and stuff. And that's because when people want to speed up production, they, they try to like cancel out a certain process and their entire, uh, you know, procedure and their, their cultivation methods and they forget to log or take notes and they kind of lose track of where the problem lies. I'm interested to hear about your perspective <clears throat> of the overall mycology mushroom market. I think I've, I've been speaking with yourself obviously and many others over the last, I would say specifically like last month in particular. And a commonality I'm hearing is that everyone's kind of being hit hard, a little different and kind of having to endure and end or change up or to shift. I'm even doing the same thing. Um, I'm going heavy into my podcast. I'm trying to like really put people up and really shine light on them so that, that uh, our community can stay, you know, together. What do you, what are you seeing, man? And like, how are you, how are you managing right now? And what are you, what are you innovating maybe? It's uh, it's been hard. Yeah. And you and I've had several discussions on this. Um, you know, there's, I'm actually well aware and I do know of two of the operations that are in my local area that are flooding the market. But when you hear flooded the market, when someone is looking at a, an active mushroom and this is their main point of source of income, and this is their main, uh, point of their job, um, if someone is cultivating and their main end uh, product is dried products and there's operations in the area that are just flooding the market with 900 to 1,000 pounds a month, no one's going to compete with that. And when I've seen a price per unit start from 1,200 and gone down to 200 in less than two years, uh, yeah. it's, it, it's, just a, it's a great evidence that it is an oversaturated market. Sure. And where I've kind of just like uh, transitioned, I know I was never a big time grower. Um, even when I was growing, I was barely growing like 20 bins at the time mm -hmm. uh, or 30 bags. It was always my point in providing a source of good genetics, uh, good colonized spawn. Uh, I don't make substrate anymore. I used to back in the day. It just takes too much time and it's too much uh, storage. Uh, but I do provide uh, great colonized spawn for all my clients if they still want to continue to grow. And even then, um, I started with at least you know five or six clients uh, last year or the year before. And right now I'm working with zero. So it's like it's it's really hard that uh, you know some of my clients will buy two or three bags, but the clients that I had locally were buying 
two to 500 bags. And that was providing a source of income for my family and my business. Uh, but right now where I find myself actually starting to filter in clients and shifting my focus is gourmets, medicinals, you know, the functional uh, mushrooms and gourmets. Uh, yep. And 50 my percent, uh, percentage of my clients now are people within their 50s, 60s or 70s that are buying these at home grow bags. They can just I inoculate the gourmet or medicinal mushroom, shake it up for them, allow it to colonize and I ship it out to them and uh, they can grow it themselves. Uh, local clients, my friends and family, they have me grow it for them and dry it and put it into a capsule for them. And I really see that's where the shift is. And I've been growing these mushrooms for, you know, more than a decade. And it's just, you know, for a long time, it's been just focused on the psychoactive mushroom. Now it's really becoming more about the, the functional and the gourmet mushrooms. Very similar, man. And I do see that. Good on you for seeing that and having that foresight. Cause I would say so many got into it, scaled up because they just thought it was like the gold mine, gold rush, and it was going to be here for, I don't know, however many you know months, weeks, years they thought. Um, and then, yeah, I've, I've known a couple of friends whose businesses have gone under, unfortunately. And um, yeah, I just think it's scaling too big, too fast at the wrong time. I think if you're scaling in a time where you see there's like mass popularity, you're probably, it's probably the wrong time. Probably a yeah. little too late because I think by the time you get into a space, you stabilize and have some level of income and then the market shifts and you're, you have 10 employees, 20 employees. You know, I don't, I haven't had employees. I've, I've stayed kind of small. I've just been small time too, grow for myself and family yeah. and, you know, really enjoying the science and teaching. And you had mentioned cordyceps earlier. I've got my first cordyceps pins right now and I'm like, like more excited than I was when I first started growing cubes. I'm not even going to lie, man. So yeah, that and a bunch of other gourmet cultures as well. The really, nice. yeah, the functionality of it. It's, it's so like, um, it's almost like the gateway into mycology. And if they're interested in something, you know, and some other active products, then oh, cool, whatever, you know, but like most, most humans are pretty familiar with some kind of gourmet or functional mushroom in some shape or form. My mom and dad, for instance, have been taking like the Stamets, you know, seven or whatever. I don't necessarily recommend the micellulated grain products, but they're still, they're consuming mushrooms and they didn't do that like five years ago. You know, they were like, what do you, what is this? I'm like, Paul Stamets, you know who Paul Stamets is? Come on, mom. You know, now they're like telling me, oh, there's my mom will send me a, a, a meme, like a mushroom meme or Paul Stamets speaking. I'm like, oh my God, now they're, you know, I think that's a good entry point for maybe the older crowd. Speaking of which, dude, I was so I know this is so corny, but I was so fucking pumped to see your folks at the, at your presentation. I was like, yeah. Oh, dude, right in the heart. That's so cool. So your family like clearly supports what you do. And that's probably like one of the, you know, obviously you have your wife as well, but like, man, have the family see what you do and support it. That's gotta be really cool. Yeah. Um, my mom being in the science background for over 35 years, she was, she was always uh, encouraging me to go out, explore, pick a, pick a mushroom, pick a plant. If you don't know what it is, read about it, figure it out. And she was wow. constantly feeding that passion into me. And, and I owe a lot to her because of where I'm at today. That's beautiful, man. So you're making this shift, you're staying consistent, staying disciplined. I see that for sure. So when, when you're not doing business, what are you doing for yourself? How are you, how are you finding balance in this crazy world and time? I know work-life balance is kind of 
a broad term, broad, broad spectrum kind of thing, but what do you like to do? How, how do you relax? How do you relieve? And uh, what does your like self-care or just relaxation look like? Um, God, I've almost forgot. It's been such a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy I reminded uh, you. Um, I'm a very outdoors person. You know, um, I was born here in California, but lived most of my life in Colorado. Um, I was a mountain boy. Uh, started cool. picking up snowboarding at the age of seven and really took it from there. Um, if it's not hiking or, you know, backpacking, backpack, backpacking through the forest, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I love to surf. I love to paddleboard through the canals here. Long Beach is really fun and out in the open waters is fun. Uh, whether if it's just an outdoor uh, adventure really is what soothes my soul. And I can really just find myself uh, grounded and at peace. Um, I have a pretty big backyard. I like to cultivate different fruits and vegetables and herbs. I've been growing turmeric and ginger for about four years now, strawberries for about five years. Um, I have a massive apple tree. I've been harvesting, uh, got 80 pounds of apples this year from it. Saw uh, that. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot. I was making pies for like four days. <laughs> wow. But uh, I do enjoy cooking still, you know, um, yeah. I don't do it professionally, but I prefer to do it for friends and families. It brings um, happiness to my soul to create a dish and see someone take their first bite of it and it makes them smile. It just, it gives me uh, just happiness. Um, if it's working with my hands out in the yard or in the garden or doing some type of hiking or outdoor adventure, um, that's just, that's my jam. But um, I've been needing some forest in my life or some desert or whatever uh, for quite some time. It's just been nonstop uh, trying to figure out life. And I know all of us can figure that out right now and feel the same. Uh, life is hard and it's not for the faint of heart. You don't, it doesn't get easier. You just get stronger. What, yeah, I've, what I've learned, you know, yeah, true. very much. I'm interested to know uh, if you have a favorite variety phenotype of Psilocybe cumensis or just like favorite mushroom in general or, or a couple favorites. Um, I would say my first very favorite of the cubensis would be uh Jedi mindfuck. You know, excuse the language. JMF. No, JMF. It's, it's welcome. Just walk them up. We're 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 all adults here. Okay. Um yeah, other than the golden teacher, the you know, the the random norm, uh the first time I was able to eat that beautiful cross of Z and Golden Teacher, which is JMF, it's actually just I was able to close my eyes and just go into a state of mind where I was able to see uh past relatives and uh, different scenarios that I had with these relatives that have passed on to the other side. And it was so vivid. It was very um, impactful. And it, it really brought a lot of a different emotions, you know, whether if it was sadness and happiness, all of it was clear to me that there was something to be, you know, understood about this. And it felt like no other type of mushroom, you know, that I've, I've done of the cubensis. And that was pretty, one of my favorites. Um, yeah, they're, they're big fuckers too, man. Yeah. Big guy. Yeah. 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 I ate it like, a, I don't even know how much I ate. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, I'm a I'm a lightweight, cheap date, whatever you want to call it. So it doesn't take much for me to have a good time. And yeah. uh, man, I I can't tell me how many microdoses I've taken, and I've had to go and lay on the bed for a little bit. Like, I just go, I just go inward, man. Yeah. So we've lost for stone too. Oh, I've I've only done those once. They're the bitter. They're they're not very delicious. I'll tell you that much. But man, it's a slightly different feel. You don't actually. I, I didn't even realize. I wonder how many people are actually sending in samples of those to um to some of these cultivar cups and whatnot. Have you have you had any like do you have any knowledge of like alkaloid profiles on those? Or are they just very similar? Because I feel they felt a little bit more like whimsical, almost like for me it was like I don't like see colors and I don't really see stuff like that, but like I could see like my my sound had color, if that makes sense. I was like, what the hell? you know, on those. Was it yeah, particularly, yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I feel it like felt more like DMT really when yeah. I ingested it, and uh, I freeze dried it, which is awesome. Were they like popcorn or like super hard, crunchy? Uh, felt like a like a marshmallow peep that you left out for ten days. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't taste like one, but <laughs> the peeps. Do you have a freeze dryer? No, my buddy does though. Oh. Yeah, I wish I did. Oh my god. I've been looking at those harvest rights for a while just to have one, just to like prep and whatnot. But man, yeah. yeah. And they're so tiny for like so expensive. Yeah, it's like five yeah. grand for one of those. And they like break all the time too. So I don't think the technology's quite caught up with the the individual, like the non the non commercial buyer, but man, that's kinda cool. Have <laughs> um what uh what are some of the coolest varieties that you've grown just across the board? I know you talked about cordyceps. Did you ever get into that after going to that class with uh William Padilla Brown? Uh slightly, yeah. Um growing some albino cordyceps right now, uh, which are nice. really cool. Um nice. but uh within the gourmets um and functionals, I would say uh antler reishi has been quite, you know, the fun species to grow with you know to see what it can do and like yeah. grow it in bags or tubs and see it climbing the wall of the tubs or just total and saturate the bag on top and then cutting the bag and it has the shape of the upper portion of the bag it's just it's really wild to see what that thing can do and actually how well it's worked for both sets of parents uh, my wife's parents and my parents and and what is done for them you know helping joint pain and so forth you know it, it it's, wow. it's magical. Every mushroom is magic. Wow. I've actually got some, um, Ganoderma sessile multiplum, multiplum going oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. I haven't grown reishi in quite some time, but I've got like 12 bags knocked right now. I'm just like waiting for them to colonize. I really want to get into like sauce extraction and just like fun little projects like that. But that's really cool that you've been able to like provide product and like see like pretty much almost like immediate results but like on two different sides that's that's pretty awesome yeah um, what uh what mushrooms or mushroom products do you utilize the most in your life and how how do they help you to maintain your homeostasis and focus in your life um i like to keep to a nice blend of lion's mane reishi cordyceps chaga and maitake um and a lot of these mushrooms is allowing me to uh get rid of the sciatica pain as well um, and also focus on ke keeping like an energetic process, uh, a nice blood circulational level, because with all my ailments and my different injuries that I've incurred throughout the military service, um, I've noticed that things, you know, I'm 40 now, so things will lock up and 
things hurt more than they do nowadays. So if, if yeah. I'm on a consistent regimen of taking those, I've noticed that I'm waking up not as stiff anymore. And, uh, in that regimen of those, those mushrooms has really helped. Um, I don't microdose an active mushroom, uh, very often. Um, and it's funny that people ask me all the time, Oh, Oh, you don't, you don't take it all the time. And, and you know, it's not for everyone. And sometimes I don't feel like taking a microdose of an active mushroom, mm-hmm. uh, medicinal and functional, you know, is, is my, uh, my pretty much main go-to every day. Um, yeah, I like to I use a mushroom powder mix that my, my friend Chris makes. It's called Boomer uh, Magic. And it's just, it's a mixture of different nootropics and medicinal and functional mushroom powders. And he makes a really good mix. And that goes into my protein shake after my workout. And then my capsules that I make myself pretty much every day. But uh, if I'm going to microdose, it's definitely going to be a planned event. Um, if, whether, if I'm going on a hike or so forth, or if I'm going surfing or snowboarding, I'd I'd like to take about one to two, uh, capsules that weigh about 200, uh, 300 milligrams. The last time I really remember like not planning it was probably when we were in the, what was it? LA for the hyphae was not the hyphae cut, but it was like the psychedelic conference. Yeah. And that day I was like. Sure, dude. You know? <laughs> and that was a good old time. That was a good day. That was a good time, man. And ever since then, um, yeah, it's yeah, I find myself taking more of the functional and medicinals versus the actives. Just one, like, I mean, yeah, I think you know, the, this I don't know if there's a misconception. One and first and foremost, you said it, like everybody's different, everybody metabolizes as a different enzymatic process of like how they break down and utilize these different compounds, but everyone's got a different psyche also. But man, like, I don't know this whole like Silicon Valley, like I'm a microdoser and I'm a master programmer because of it, or it makes me better. I think it makes, I think, I think if you tell yourself you're going to do that, you're probably going to be better anyway. Does it help out? Can it? Yeah. I've had some super hyper-focused times as well, but again, it's a tool. I think it's one of the, my favorite tools, but there is something like tangible visceral about like, I took cordyceps for the first time fruiting body form, like in a tea, one or two grams just like three weeks ago and was amazed at like, like, wow, I don't feel like I felt like high without the euphoria. And it felt, if that makes sense and like alert. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm like, this is amazing. You know? So like, I think everybody can get those benefits they want. And also cognitively too, just like with, and with lion's mane, those two are like, so yeah, I really encourage people to, you know, shift into, maybe not shift into, but like, you know, utilize functional and medicinal as well. So. Yeah, I feel you. I agree. I felt in some, some endorphins, some brain clarity from medicinals and functionals. It's great. Yeah. It's so important, especially when you're, when you're so focused on your craft and I don't, I don't have time to be in uh, another dimension. You know, <laughs> not these no. days, man. Every every single day, some shape or form, in some capacity, I'm working or working with someone or helping someone. So, but I will right. make space for it going forward. Like so said, I'm interested. Yeah, definitely, I agree. I was uh, I'm interested also of kind of um, hearing from your perspective, like looking ahead, looking forward. So I think we had this like phase where I could only call it the Instagram phase. There was a lot of like new cultivators. We were all kind of like building brand. There was like brand awareness. 
some were scaling, some were really honing in on exactly what they want to do. And then there was like mass adoption, which I think we're still going through, to be honest. And then oversaturation. And now I'm not sure if it's going to be like target market utilization. What's your, what's your take on the next, maybe like 2024 and maybe like the next few years of where things are going to go? Well, it's, uh, it's honestly really hard to see where that the, the mainstream is going to take this. You know, I know it's exploding right now across the yeah. world and people are hearing new things about it and people that have never heard about mushrooms are starting to learn about it. Uh, what I really saw that made a big difference in this community and um, this fad of mushrooms uh, for take is that the cannabis industry that had uh, the funding, the room, the spaces and the staff to blow up this market and pretty much is what oversaturated this market. So I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes now because knowing five of these operations that were in the area that were ran by these cannabis companies that had all this money and had all of this, uh, this space to grow, uh, pretty much, you know, ran before they could walk, you know, ran into a lot of failures and already had some built up debt before they could get successful before I came in and actually helped them. And yeah. some of them have closed down. Actually, a lot of them have closed down and, to see where that's going now, um, I believe there might be a shift, like I said, whether if it's gourmet medicinal, and I would hope so, because not only is it you know legal, but it's also more beneficial. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of benefits to having a psychoactive mushroom help your, your psyche and your mental capabilities. But most people think that, you know, I'm going to take this capsule and everything's going to go away. And they, they don't understand that it takes 99% of your own effort to put in that work, to put in that time, that discipline, and to have those affirmations to be intentions of positivity and an advancement. You know, and, and a lot of this market was just oversaturated by chocolate bars, gummies, and so forth. And, and that's all good in the grand scheme of things for, for the, the large operations that are getting all of these, this income. But for the small-time grower wanting to figure out things, you know, with the market being flooded, there's going to be a lot of beneficial people like uh, that is trying to educate the, this community and, and provide good spawn and genetics. It's going to hurt the small time growers and providers. And, and I hope that it's going to be shifting into a gear and a mindset of just self-cultivation and the small time growers instead of having these massive operations completely flood the market. And uh it, it is what it is right now, and um, I'm happy to see wherever it goes, and I'm willing to support anyone that is wanting to grow their business, whether big or small. I'm always here to consult and, and help someone grow, uh, but I just hope it's being used for the right purposes. I think that's a beautiful outlook, man. Very similarly, that's why I'm focusing on the spore to healing aspect because I think it's really empowering to be able to grow your own food. Um, it's more empowering to be able to grow your own medicine as well. And using those two in conjunction, I'm kind right. of jealous of your backyard and all your strawberries right now. I'm not gonna lie. I can't grow shit <laughs> in Arizona, dude. Pretty much the only thing that lasted this year were my eggplants. Those things well, are like, they're like drought resistant. I had no idea. Some Japanese eggplant. Who would have thought? That's what if anybody was wondering. So it sounds like, and I, I know where a lot of your mindset comes from as far as like the military, but it sounds like you've got a really good hit on your shoulders. I'm interested too. And if you could share some of your like core 
belief systems or tenets that help you to stay stable and things that translate into your work life, love life, family life, and things that you carry with you every day? What are some of those things? Um, you know, I, um, you know, I, I would be lying if I told everyone that I was always stable. You know, there was always, yeah. I always had a, a great positive outlook on life and so forth. Um, you know, PTSD, depression, anxiety is, is no joke. And it's been a struggle, but you know, one thing that I'm very blessed to have is a good support system from my family and especially my wife. She's always been there for me to help me through all these trials and these, these ups and downs. But to what really started to advance my, my mental uh, instabilities was when I threw away all my pills and everything, my main focus and my new addiction was working out. And if yeah. you're, if you're, putting yourself through the vigorous like training or, you know, even just starting off small, like I just started lifting, you know, small weights with the arm and started working out. Then we, over COVID, we bought a whole gym in for our house and that has been our main focus and uh, healthy body and healthy mind. It's just, it's, um, it's a lifestyle that you need to really stay focused on. Mm -hmm. And if you're not getting outside and being active and you're being stagnant, that is just a poor way to manage stress and anxiety. Um, people need to just remember to, to stop worrying so much. It's a waste of time. And to stop yeah. watching the news. Please stop watching the news. I tell my parents to stop watching the news. Thank you. And you just can't believe anything on the news because I know for a fact that it's lies because as being deployed to a combat zone and knowing exactly what happened, and then coming home and seeing what was portrayed on all the news channels, and I knew for a fact that it was a lie, made me realize that it was all lies. So being your own self-worth uh, is, is, is hard, and having that self-worth and, and being able to um, be stable within such a messed up world right now, but reaching out to friends, reaching out to family, and really getting yourself active is is really important. And I found out that is really what changed my mindset. I was going down a really dark, uh, you know, spiral, you know, uh, dark places. Uh, my mind was just not right. But as soon as I was able to get a healthy lifestyle, start working out and really focus on uh, just being active instead of being stagnant and just feeling sorry for myself and depressed for myself, it is really what changed my life. And it's a, it's a work in progress every day. I have bad days and I have good days, you know, and I'm just blessed to have such a great community surrounding me. I'm blessed to have amazing neighbors around me. Uh, my wife is amazing. She helps and supports me all the time. And just surrounding yourself with good people, you know, such as yourself, Van, like it's, it's good to know good people. And yeah. just going to those events, it was awesome. Like going to the Fungi yeah. Festival in Oklahoma and meeting everybody was it just made me even more happier and like just willing to just inspire me even further. Agreed. I came back, just like hit the ground running, dude. And I agree the community aspect, not just like the online community, um, even mm -hmm. local, like localized community, just having someone or some people to share yourself with, you know, and like to know you're alive. I will agree. It's not just fucking mushrooms and butterflies, people like, and you don't just microdose every day and life's fucking magical. Like, I I'm literally recording a video today on that topic of like most of the work is done outside of the medicine. 
Like that is, it's just what it is, but like, you can't just lock yourself in a room and read self-development books. You do have to get active. You do have to go and talk with people and you have to endure. Like life doesn't get uh, easier. You just get stronger. So right now this, this next question I ask everybody who comes on the show and it kind of correlates with what we were just talking about, but maybe um, you can give a little different perspective. Um, answer it as long-winded, short-winded as you want, and it is really a um, interpret-as-you-may question. But that question is, Jonathan Garner, in what ways every day, whether that's practices, mantras, what have you, in what ways are you growing in mind, body, spirit, and mushroom? I would say self-coaching. Um thoughts of positivity, radical acceptance, being able to transition negative thoughts to positive thoughts and just one foot in front of the other, you know, and having that hasty and very um, uh, immediate reaction to something, uh, whether if it's negative or, or positive, being able to harness that ability to pause, reflect, and understand on how it's going to make me feel and everyone around me feel has been a work in progress every day. And that's how I work forward each day. It's a work in progress, my friend. And I'm here along with you doing the same thing or similarly. And so happy to have you on my journey, your pillar in my community in my life as a friend. And I'm so excited to see how things develop in the future. I just wanted to say thank you for making some time out of your day to come on the show, share you, your life, your passions, and how you can help others. How can people find you? Where can they find you? And how can they get in contact with you? And how can they support you going forward? Well, thank you. Um, as you know, my Instagram, it's the underscore meddling mushroom, all one word. And my business is Fungi Alternatives. Uh, it's another Instagram and website as well. Uh, just reach out. If you know, you're not following me, you can DM me and uh, ask me a question. When I get time, I can answer someone's question. But uh, I'm always here to chit-chat. But you know, if someone's willing to take the step further and needing consulting or teaching or training, uh, I have uh, some forms that, that someone can fill out online or I can email it back and forth to them and so forth. But um, I'm just growing my line of genetics and my inventory of spawn. So if someone needs spawn, I got tons of it. Well, thank you, man. And always here for you and really appreciate you. Best of luck. I don't think, well, I don't know. What is luck? Just timing and preparation. I think you've got both of those. So yeah. But anyways, if you guys enjoyed this video, make sure to give it a like or a five-star review wherever you're listening, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube. Don't forget to leave a comment. If you guys have questions for Jonathan, make sure to leave a question and it can get answered either on the next episode or uh, you can ask him personally. And don't forget to subscribe so you guys can get notified when I post brand new episodes every Friday. Until then, namaste. Have a great day. Don't contemplate, meditate, and we will see you guys on the next one. Thanks, Jonathan. Have a good day, man. Talk to you later. Thanks. Thanks, man. You too, buddy. Peace.